0: And welcome to That Engineering Chat, a podcast for the engineering community. I'm Nicole Pierce Turner and my co-host is Caroline Hayes. Hi, Caroline. How are you?
1: Oh, hi, Nicole. No, I'm very well, thank you. I, I was nearly late for, for this because uh, all the traffic's getting, getting busier and uh, queuing up for petrol and... Um, Um, brings us on to our topic for today's guest, doesn't it? Commuting and how to get to work and get around. It does. Who would have
0: thought we would have such a beautiful (laughs) setup (laughs) as a fuel crisis (laughs) and commuting to, uh, to, to lead us into the conversation? I mean, that's right. We're going to be talking, actually, we're going to be talking about railways, though. We're going to be talking about railways and train design and the power supplies that are keeping us all on track because, I mean, let's face it, without... Without rail at the moment, a lot of us wouldn't be able to do anything, would we? We'd be we'd be a bit stuck. I think certainly more people are getting um, trains currently than they have been. So, our guest is Relec Electronics Sales Director John Stone, good friend good friend of the Engineering Chat. John, welcome back. Thank
1: you for joining us today.
2: Good morning, Nicole. Morning, Caroline. Good morning.
1: Morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for talking just to today, John. Now, we're, uh, as Nicole said, we're looking at the train supplies, the power oh. supplies in trains. Um, now there's lots of international standards. Um, I'm just wondering, is this because of the conditions that they endure, the, the shock vibration, or, or are there other variations?
2: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of challenges, really, in um, in in putting any electronic equipment onto, onto trains. Um, you know, firstly, the, 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 cargo that they're carrying is, is precious, be it people or, or goods. So, um, we have to make sure that the, um, all electronic products are designed to, to meet certain standards. So, yeah, you know, the issue, the challenges that we've got, are trains are traveling at high speed. So there's, there's a lot of shock and vibration, um, on there. We can see wide variations in temperature, um, Within the trains, even even on the same journey, as, as trains go through tunnels, um, we we can see temperatures drop to sub-zero temperatures, and then they come out of the tunnels. Um, they can go back up very high again very quickly. Um, a lot of the equipment that you see in the control rooms can be in nasty, dirty environments. There's a lot of conductive brake dust around, so we have to make sure that the the, the products can. Um, Uh, are not adversely affected by that um we also see see lots of different battery voltages on trains diesel trains run at at 24 volts and one electric trains run at 110 volts so again there's a wide variation um that we see in those um in those voltages and sort of last but not least really the sort of emc environment that um, equipment has to meet as well there's lots of surges and transients going on you can imagine there's lots of heavy switch gear on a train that that uh, that creates lots of nasty electrical impulses which can have an adverse effect on on any equipment so so we have to take all these things into account
1: i mean yeah,
2: it's, sorry. it's
1: quite a laundry list i am sorry
0: <laughs> there <laughs> is i mean yeah because you you like you mentioned standards there could you run through what each requires of the power supply? I mean, the first is—is is it the EN? I mean, five zero one five five. That—that sounds yeah, like EN five zero one. That'll make more yeah. sense to you, John, than to me. But certainly, can you? It's—it's it's been
2: ahead? part of my life for over thirty <laughs> years now. Um, yeah, this is a this is a sort of standard that covers any electronic equipment that it, that goes onto a train, and it will cover a lot of the issues that we 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 talked about a little bit earlier on. But it talks about the sort of general design and build standard that units have to go through it covers all the different temperature requirements that product has to meet the shock and vibration specifications and there's a huge section in there on um, on what products have to meet in terms of, of their input voltage range as I mentioned there's lots of different um, battery voltages that power all of the equipment everything that runs on, on a train and they can see very wide variations which which can be up to plus or minus 40% of their nominal voltage so um, yeah, we've, we've got a lot of experience in, in making sure that we meet all those requirements. And then and then within EN50155, there's a subset of, um, of standards as well, and the, and the most important one to us is, is EN50121, and a version of that which is dash –3-2, um, again part of my life for so many years, which covers all of the EMC requirements. So it covers everything from the emissions that any equipment can can emit. Uh, that might affect other equipment to the surges and transients that are around on the train that it has to withstand, um, and some of those are, are, are quite harsh.
1: And for the um, the emissions, you're talking about the electrical emissions in the operation of the power supply.
2: That's right. That's the the, the noise that um, so there's two sides to EMC. One is the noise that any any product emits, and that must. Um, not affect any other equipment that is around um, in the know- I mean you see it with your, um, your um, any equipment you've got in your household shouldn't interfere with any other piece of equipment you've got in your household so um, your mobile phone for example that will have to meet certain regulations and shouldn't interfere with your, your radio or your microwave or anything else like that so there's very strict regulations on, on how much noise products can emit and it's exactly the same on a train
1: have these, been, have these standards been around for a long time? Because these, these issues are quite well established, but have they had to evolve as maybe the train design has changed?
2: They, evolved, they have evolved quite a lot. When I started in this industry, um, we were working with a standard um, that was issued by the Rail, Railway Industry Association. It was it was RIA 12, which was the, 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 the standard that affected us. And that is still relevant today because there's still quite a lot of old rolling stock out there. Um and that has even harsher um surge requirements on there. We have a a requirement on there that, that says that all equipment must work if it's if it sees a surge voltage which is three and a half times the nominal battery voltage for twenty milliseconds. It doesn't sound like very long. Um but if you take into account a a train might have a hundred and ten volt battery supply and a standard DC-DC converter will work up to maybe between 40 and 160 volts. Um, But that surge could be 385 volts for 20 milliseconds, and that'll kill most most DC-DC converters. Um, So we have to still be aware of that. Even though that spec probably went um, obsolete, I don't know, nearly 20 years ago, we still have to meet those requirements with some of the older trains that are running around on our network.
1: Okay. And uh, was there one for fire and smoke you were talking about
2: for yeah, there's one, of these? Ian four double five four five. That um, again, any equipment that goes goes on a train really has to uh, to go through some safety testing to make sure that if it does catch fire, that it's not going to uh, emit any hazardous um, gases or anything that's likely to 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 put passengers at risk.
1: Okay. So, um, Relic, of course, has a the wide and varied range of power supplies and offers uh, value-added services. What does Relic offer specifically for someone designing for the rail industry?
2: Well, I think it's our 30 years of knowledge, I'd like to to, <laughs> to think, as, as we've sort of seen these standards um, change and evolve sort of over the years. We know what works and what doesn't, um, and um, again, even within a train, we... It's not just one size fits all. We know which products are best suited to which environments that they go into. Um, but in terms of the products that that we've um, we offer, um, the majority of our um, our suppliers will go through extensive um, design verification testing. So there's a system called HALT testing, which is highly accelerated life tests on products. So this is really putting products under extreme. Stresses when they're going through their design verification, testing them to the limit, hoping that they're actually going to fail, um, work out where those pinch points are in the design, um, then try to fix them and then go through it all again until you have a product that is incredibly robust. Um, a lot of the products that we, or the, the majority of the products that we we have, go through an extensive burn-in, so they're actually being um, put under stress of normal operating conditions for a period could be up to twenty four hours and at high temperatures as well. So this this is trying to sort of weedle out any infant mortality that you might see in the products. Um, um, and then we've got solutions that we can offer that sort of start from from one watt and we can go up to to a thousand watts, depending on what they're powering on the trains.
1: And it's not just power supplies, uh, of course. The uh, passenger information, the connected trains, the connected carriages. Um, as well as the vehicle uh, the driver's cab for the control and monitoring um what design challenges are you finding for displays that are used in train interiors
2: um yeah but displays is similar really we've got um again high shock and vibration that we see on the unit so um and the and sort of potentially sort of dirty environment they go into so it helps if they're if they're sealed um slightly different challenge that we get is that um, a lot of products with passenger information systems could see very high ambient light levels so we need to have a very well backlit um, product and also anything that's um, that, that's anywhere near passengers we probably needs to be quite a rugged design as well you're never quite sure if someone's going to sort of poke something with their umbrella and we don't want to sort of crack screens um, as they're trying to get on, on and off the train so we can we can offer very rugged uh, rugged glass levels on any of the products that we supply.
0: This, I mean, is that something as well? To just, just sort of thinking that because the the rail industry's obviously changed so much. Well, it's just you must have just seen such so, such a change over the past even just decade, and especially now. Then, how do you just keep up with all of that?
2: Um, well, there's a lot more equipment that's now going into the passenger compartments yeah. than the, than there were. You know, whether it sort of be sort of um, passenger information systems or um you know, Sort of infotainment systems. We're starting to sort of see more of those are sort of going in now. So yeah, um, yeah, we're we're seeing seeing sort of much much more demand for for product now, and slightly different specs. Much more on the um on the sort of consumer side of things than we did uh, when I started in the industry.
0: And also, like inter, you know, internationally, like across the world, like everyone's. I mean call me a bit of a novice here but everyone's got a different system haven't they transport systems like if you're working with you know so some countries like japan or hong kong i've been over there and they've got very much i dare i say it slightly more sophisticated travel system in some or maybe not i don't know like there must be what power supplies are used in different various underground and overground trains around the world
2: yeah, well, they tend to be quite so the same challenges everywhere we go. Certainly across Europe, we, we you know, if, um, we talked about EN50155. This is a European norm. Yeah. Um, and that tends to get um, adopted across sort of markets, um, across Asia as well. I can't, I can't sort of speak too much for exactly what, what they do. Our yeah. market tends to be European.
0: Yeah. And, with, and I mean, do you, do you, how do you see sort of that this industry sort of the growth in this industry because like we said, with with the cars just as it is topical right now with the you know let, let's the fact that we've been shorted of fuel and more people are going to have to pub, jump on public transport i mean there's going to be more need isn't there for this technology oh i'd What's like to i'd doing? like
2: to think so yeah yeah it's um, a um, market. Um, yeah fully fully integrated sort of public transport systems i you know it's a sort of personal opinion that is, is the way forward yeah absolutely. um really our, our road networks are, are clogged up so we need to do a lot more we did a lot more to um, to improve our rail network. Really, As, I mean,
1: with a lot of the green initiatives internationally, our mm. put, governments putting more into their rail infrastructure and investing more in that kind of commute um, transportation system.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, we, you know, we see. I mean, there is um, there is a lot more money available for for our rail infrastructure over the next um, I think it's the next sort of seven years, which is the next uh, next funding program. Um, you know, I think HS2 gets all of the all of the publicity, but really that's just the start. Um, you know, with, with the, there's a lot, as, as mentioned earlier, there's an awful lot of old rolling stock on there which needs to be needs to be updated.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, and what I mean, what do you what do you feel really sort of sets Relic apart from you know other people that work in that sector? Because you do a lot in this sector. So what would you say? Is we it do. Your, it's your about experience yeah. and
2: say it's, 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 it's well it's been um it, it's been my life for the last 30 years it's, it's about 20 percent of our business is is providing products on into the into the rail sector mm-hmm. um yeah so it's just experience of knowing what works where we've got applications that power anything anything that that requires power on it on a train mm-hmm. um so start at the front could be the headlights could be the wipers we've got power supplies that drive those into the driver's cabs it's Radios. We've got displays on radios in there, Um, powering sun blinds and fans to keep the drivers cool. Mm. Going through into the um, into the sort of passenger compartments, we're powering reading lights. We've got um, applications in the washrooms. We've even got a power supply that powers a soap pump. Have you? I love so, those soap pumps. They're great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's so much electronics on the trains now, and it, but it, each one has slightly different um, different requirements, and we know. Um, I think our experience really helps us to to find the best solution for for each particular application.
0: Absolutely, Caroline. I
1: know you've got something to ask. I can see your face. Oh, I'm thinking. Yeah. I was only thinking it's uh, very similar to. Um, vehicle design automotive design where there's more and more uh, electronics content but then that's great for the passengers but you've then got to design in more and more connectivity shielding um within the within the carriages within the powertrains and so on
2: oh absolutely yeah yeah i say everything is very much interconnected these days Mm. yep
0: well i mean i think i think we've sort of i think we've covered everything do you think i feel like we've covered everything product wise have you got any other burning questions for john
1: well definitely covered everything product wise just um the only question is how how can we work on getting the trains running on time and turning up when they say they will but i think that might be a bit outside your remit John. that's
2: slightly outside of our remit yeah can
0: you not help with that
2: we need we need more we need more of them that's, yeah. that's certainly yeah but it'd be but it'd be
0: interesting to see how many more people have jumped on trains recently I'm sure just the last couple of weeks they have so well the last week anyway certainly but um yeah yeah well I mean thank you John for joining us today and for sh- always a pleasure for showing us light at the end of the tunnel with this <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> i know I mean it's it's it is kind of uh, you know ironic that we've literally had this chat during war <laughs> where we can't get any fuel and people are still queuing up everywhere around me I mean literally I don't know about you guys but certainly where you are John it's a bit more peaceful but
2: it's very peaceful yeah up in up in rural Argyle it's uh yeah it's not a problem up you've here you've not
0: got many you've probably got your own you've probably got your own sort of like red stripe have you somewhere I know you're not supposed to put that in cars but farmers and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I know my I know my stepfather's a farmer and he keeps getting scowled at because he needs to fill his quad bikes up and he's getting scaled at of the petrol stations but um in rural Wales but certainly down here we seem to have queues everywhere i don't know about you caroline definitely
1: yeah, yeah. they're queuing out they're even queuing across crossroads junctions so desperate to get into the petrol station that they're blocking everything else that wants to go in a different direction so, so there you
0: go there could be a whole line of technology there with new traffic light systems yeah. for relax, new more trains i don't know they just could, we could just you know where the sky's the limit but honestly <laughs> we we do take a lot of this for granted and it, it is really useful to listen to you know the expertise and the design skills that make trains safe because that's why we love talking to guests like yourself John because I think people don't always appreciate all the um all the work that goes in behind the scenes to make things just run maybe not on time but smoothly along the tracks so and making them more reliable inside and out so thank you very much for joining us today and uh we always love to have a, a and I still don't know how you remember the name of every single product on every <laughs> single product like that That in itself, I think, is a great achievement, John Stone.
2: Thank you very much.
0: We were talking today to Relec Electronics, John Stone. Relic Electronics is a specialist in power conversion and display products. For over 40 years, Relec Electronics have worked closely with key suppliers and specialises in a wide range of industry sectors, including automotive, industrial, transportation, instrumentation and defence. A team of dedicated engineers is ready to support customers throughout the design process, and the company carries stock of all standard modules and accessories for next-day delivery. Relex team of specialists, Specialist advisors can refine an initial specification for a given application to include bespoke features to meet the needs of a particular design or project. And in December 2020, Relec Electronics became a UK subsidiary of Gresham Worldwide. So you can find out more about the range of displays, enhancements and everything that we've talked about today. You can even listen to John talk on his blog and all kinds of interesting things if you sign up for their newsletters. But mainly go to their website, which is www.relec.co.uk. So thank you for listening to today's That Engineering Chat podcast. Thank you, Caroline. Pleasure. And uh, it was great to talk to John again. I know we'll be talking to him again. This is Chatty Hatter's engineering podcast, which allows you to listen to candid behind the scenes conversations of leaders and experts in the electronics and manufacturing industries. To hear more of that engineering chats, make sure you subscribe to that engineering chat at Apple or Spotify Podcast Services. And if you want to be on the other side of the microphone and have topics or issues you would like to discuss with us, your company can be part of the conversation as our podcast guest. All you've got to do to contact us is reach out to hello at chattyhatter.com or visit chattyhatter.com.